The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's been a long day. Grab a cold drink and step into the man cave. Your hosts, Ray Austin and J.D. Harris, are getting the discussion together, so it's sure to be an exciting hour of fun and talk. We want to hear from you, too, so get ready to speak your mind. We don't judge here. Now your hosts of The Man Cave, J.D. Harris and Ray Austin. Hey, well, we're back. Took a little break. Uh, as you know, we've had holidays, sicknesses, all that, so... Happy or Merry Belated Christmas to you all. Happy Early New Year's. And Reese, the same to you, brother. How's it going? Things are going good, man. Uh, you know, as usual, trying to get over a cold. The weather has been crazy down here. We went from uh, mid-70s, which you are accustomed to out there, but that's not the norm out here in uh, Tennessee. Mid-70s to right now, I think it's uh, mid-40s. So um, caught a cold last week. Of course, that's typical with uh, a bunch of kids in the house and, and school and daycare and whatnot. So that's just par for the course. But other than that, man, everything's going good. Just uh, getting ready for these games coming up this weekend. Yeah. Now, I have to tell you this. It's been unusually cold here. Uh, in fact, I went home for Christmas and it was actually warmer in Chicago in December than it was in Phoenix one of the days I was back home uh, in Illinois. And I was like, oh, what, what is going on in the world? Um, hey, you don't usually <laughs> associate Blizzard with New Mexico, but New Mexico and Texas, but that's exactly what happened. Yep. So uh, it, it's funny. You know you're getting older when you talk about the weather. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's like – the reality is you are now we are now our parents we when we start talking about the price of orange juice and the yep. weather <laughs> yep absolutely yeah, so absolutely. yeah the bowl the bowl games and stuff like that uh it's it's that time and you can you know driving around here in phoenix our uh we actually have the state of arizona will be hosting four total bowl games and Two of them are within four miles from my house. So, yeah, the uh, two in uh, uh, Glendale, right? Yeah, we uh, have Fiesta Bowl National Championship. Uh, there's one at Chase Field. Uh, I think it's West Virginia versus Arizona. And then there's one uh, in Tucson. Is it Tucson or Tempe? The no, it, oh, maybe it's Tempe. But I know it's a total of four of them. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, uh, I'm obviously I have my two favorite college teams playing each other, uh, Notre Dame and Ohio State. So as I uh, I had a buddy come up for the weekend uh, that I worked with when I was at UW Platteville. Now he's at Madison. Uh, my guy Brad. He was. We went to the uh, ball game museum in uh, Scottsdale. And I told her, the lady asked me, she was like, who do you cheer for? 
I said, both. I don't lose. <laughs> I, I was like, you know, with this bowl game, I don't lose. Yeah. You know, this is one of those games where I, I, I really don't like both teams. Uh, Ohio State, you know, Ohio State, of course, because I'm a Big Ten alum, alum Illinois, and I, I've never liked Notre Dame football. I like Notre Dame basketball, but I don't like Notre Dame football, you know, Subi. Yeah, I, so I, I want to ask football. you this. With that statement, before you go any further, with that statement of loving Illinois, how, how good has that gone? How well has that gone for you? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm forced to, you know, it's kind of like uh, uh, Cubs fans for the last 100 and what, 1100 and not 111 uh, since 1908. So that'll be 100 and so, so many years. I mean, you're forced to like, just like today, you know, I was talking to you earlier and I was watching the, the Illinois Michigan basketball game earlier and they ended up losing by about 10 points. But I mean, they just looked atrocious on the floor couldn't defend, but you still have to watch. You're, you're forced to watch them. You're forced to cheer for them, and you're forced to hope that they win. But with this situation, I never – I always lump Notre Dame in with the uh, Dallas Cowboys, the New York Yankees, uh, those type of the, – the L.A. Lakers, the Boston Celtics, those type of teams that um, – are like I, I looked at, at them like prima donna teams, like Notre Dame, especially in the uh, Lou Holtz era. They would always get the recruits from everywhere, and that and that's cool. I mean, if you're a Notre Dame fan, that's cool being able to attract the greatest players. And but I I just I don't get down with elitism, and I believe that Notre Dame fit into that mold. Dallas fits in that mold. The Yankees is always fit fitting into that mold. I'm always for the underdog and 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 uh, teams of that nature. But so basically, you're a living pessimist. Basically, uh, what you're saying to me, Reese? No, <laughs> it's not. It's you not even look, look, like I said. Like I said, like winner. <laughs> look, I mean, it's I I like rooting for underdogs. You know, the guys that don't get all the five star recruits. You know, guys that find the diamonds in the rough. That that two star, three star recruit that slip through the cracks, uh, teams that uh, don't rely on a ton of skill. And, of course, I mean, those teams like the Bamas of the world, Miami in the 80s and the early 90s, they they were on top, you know, throwing Notre Dame in there. Even when Penn State at its, at its height, you know, they got the great players, you know. And it's a player-driven league. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all about having the top recruits. But so I'm, I'm always going to side. Was that? Oh, go ahead. Uh, finish. No, what you're I'm always going to side with the with the underdog. So you're so to say that Notre Dame always gets the top recruits that they don't get some of those lower tier guys, those two or three star guys. Is that what you're saying? I'm not. You, I'm not necessarily saying that. I'm just because I was about to say Notre Dame, the kid that. Maybe sometimes that will go to a U of I. Well, not so much a U of I. Let's just I say. I don't even North include U of I in that, that discussion. Huh? <laughs> you can't even include U of I into that discussion. Yeah, but I was going to say, I, I mean, the type of kid that Notre Dame will get, 
it like, but that kid could go to a Miami. That kid can go to a Northern Illinois in terms of his academic standards. Where Notre Dame, they're getting athletes, but they're also getting student athletes. Where some some schools are just getting athletes. There's not a guy that I can think of that I know that's come from Nor- uh, Notre Dame that doesn't have a high IQ. <coughs> Like I said, I, I equate uh, also throw Duke basketball in there. You know, here's the you thing. You don't like Duke either? No, no. Oh, no, wow. they're, they're, they're cut from the same cloth. They're elite, I, I guess I like to win. programs. You, you know, I, I'm, I'm a lot like uh, Jalen Rose in this regard. Oh, you know, <laughs> these, these I, I feel like, you know, those programs like Notre Dame and Duke, Throw Stanford in the mix as well, even though I can. I, I, really? I actually like. I know. Listen, listen, I actually like Stanford. You know, I, I like Stanford, but I just feel like you know, it's it, it's just um, it's it, it's just that they put on a front as an elitist program, like they're better than everybody else. Well, you know, and that's, they that's are. It. And we've talked. We, no, we've talked about this before. How. They won't submit to uh, being in the ACC, playing, you know, competing for an ACC title. They want to remain free and and semi independent and be able to play, you know, you be able to do whatever they want to do. And I, you know, that that's part of it also. So, Maurice, I mean, I'm going to ask you this: If you had, you have your business, you work for yourself. Why would you sign on to another company to share your profits with them when you can gain profits on your own? But see, that's the that's the part of the problem. That's exactly a part of the problem because you're putting you're putting profits ahead of actually allowing these kids to enjoy uh, like competing for a conference title. Compete. Look, football, do you think those kids care? They want to care. They want to compete for a national title and national exposure. You're helping. Yeah. You're helping market them by the way you're doing it. Yeah. So they get on a national uh, uh, scale, a national stage, and get blown out by the likes of Alabama because they don't. Pu- L- listen, half of Notre Dame. If you look at half of Notre Dame's schedule, it's terrible. It's. Tell when I know you, you can say anybody can say, well, look at half of the ACC, three quarters of the ACC schedule. And, you know, it's terrible outside mm-hmm. of Clemson, Florida State and, a, you know, uh, up and coming North Carolina team who basically couldn't deal with Baylor last night and uh, NC State, who's uh, playing right now. But I just you know, I just don't like the fact that Notre Dame is running the asylum. And, and marching to the beat of their own drum instead of saying, hey, OK, this is what we're going to do. You know, we're going to get in this conference. And let, let me let me say this. Let me say this. Notre Dame may have a better chance, an even better chance of making it into this, quote, unquote, top four, final four playoff scenario if, if they were in a conference, if they if they uh, won a conference championship. Maurice, you sound like a hater right now. Man, look. What's your issue with Ohio State besides them just being the best team in your conference for football? Look, 
I hate Ohio State because they're in the Big Ten. Just like I hate Michigan, I hate Michigan State, I hate Iowa, I hate Minnesota, and you know I hate Wisconsin. But so when it basically, comes to, you're just a full time hater, dude. Any anybody if is if 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 you're playing in the same conference as a school that I'm rooting for, a school that I attended, of course I hate you until we get to the national stage, and this is where. I'm pulling for Ohio State to beat Notre Dame because I can stomach Ohio State more than Notre Dame, if that makes any sense. You are a big-time hater. (laughs) (laughs) And so, basically, with us knowing that you're a big-time hater, and it's okay, you don't like winning championships because of the teams you root for, and you hate (laughs) one of the teams that win, on that – I'll give you a hateration break. We're going to take a quick break so Maurice can dust off some of that aid that he got on his shoulder from hate. So we'll be back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144, 1-888-346-9144, or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. We're back, and we just spent a whole segment on this show talking about how much a hater that my boy is. I've never seen Maurice like this. I really don't know what's going on, but it maybe, is what it is, man. It is what it is. And so we see that you just decided to live a life of a pessimist and a life of a hater. I, I'm just—I thought I knew you. What happened to you? I, wait, wait. <laughs> how is it? How is it a life of a pessimist if I go into each season at the beginning of the season at zero and zero and saying that hey? 
all these other teams have a chance of winning a national championship, supposedly. You know, hey, I so have you know a- your teams ain't gonna win. You know, you buy is not gonna be in the national champion. They're not gonna even be in the Big all, Ten. Hunt. All I'm saying is when it's zero, when every team is zero, oh, oh, and oh, zero and zero, everybody's on a level playing field. And I yeah, until until the clock until till the clock get starts rolling, and right now, well, I say even in recruiting, but. Right now, who's the worst Division One school recruiting in the state of Illinois right now? University of Illinois and Champaign, Illinois. Okay. Uh, that, I, I, I agree 100%. And Northern Illinois and, believe it or not, Northwestern and Western Illinois are the top three schools in Illinois for recruiting. No, you have to throw I-State in there. I-State is probably number three. Uh, yeah, I, I'll say Western, though. Well, I, I, let me, they're let me sending say, more guys to the pros than I State. Let, let me say this. So, I'm, well, I'm talking about this year and, and uh, last year. But, hey, the way Northern Illinois got brutalized against Boise State a couple of days ago, yeah, they're not better than I State do. And really it's about quarterback play also. Yeah. Um, I, I just think. I just think that uh, you just need to maybe expand more and, and learn to learn like a championship. Learn to like a pretty girl. It's okay to like a pretty girl. They need liking too. <laughs> so, like anyway. oh, no. <laughs> so anyway, <clears throat> bowl game has stood up for you uh, the most. Uh, so far coming in, um. Really, none of them actually. Really? I, I, to be quite honest, I, I, I've been, uh, I haven't been interested in it, none of these games at all. Uh, last night's, well, two, the two games that came on last night, um, Carolina and Baylor, and also uh, LSU and Texas Tech. I thought that those would be two intriguing matchups, especially with uh, Baylor. Basically down to their fourth string quarterback slash whatever he was before then. Uh, you know, they've had a number. Of, and I'm going to say this about Baylor. Um, if they hadn't have if they hadn't have uh, had the injury issues at quarterback, you could uh, easily be seeing them in the place of Oklahoma. Uh, that's how good of a team they have. Uh, defensively, they're still, you know, lacking. They'll they'll give up a ton of points, but they are a juggernaut on offense. And you saw that last night against Carolina, who doesn't have the big guys up front. I think um, they'll shore that up in the, in the, in the coming years uh, with uh, Gene Chizik as their D coordinator. But uh, I thought that, <clears throat> you know, it it, it was uh. You know, Baylor had a good grip on that game for the for the most part, but Carolina didn't back down. They didn't go away. Um, the second game, I thought that Texas Tech did a, a good job hanging around until the second half, and they they had no answer for Leonard Fournette. It was one of those uh, issues where you had the best rushing attack in college football with uh, Fournette again going against one of the worst rush defenses in the nation. And it proved its point last night. I think Fournette finished with 240 yards. Uh, LSU as a as a team finished with close to 
almost 700 yards. I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but it was it, it turned into a, a total blowout. But for the most part, man, I, I haven't uh, none of these games have been enjoyable to watch at all. Yeah, I, I think it's oversaturated with bowls now. You know what I mean? It's like it kind of takes away the whole, I guess, feeling to watch them. If it was like yeah. five bowl <clears throat> games, I'm like, yeah. But now you got the uh, boo-boo bowl. You got the toilet paper bowl. <laughs> you, I mean, yeah. you, you can have teams with 500 records in a bowl game, you know. Oh, less and, than five hundred. There was yeah, a less six than five hundred. There was a six and uh, there was a five and six. No, uh, five and seventeen or a six and sixteen. Five hundred or less, and, and you know, you already know how I feel about this whole playoff system, anyways. But you know, I was just thinking about this earlier, watching the um, one of the earlier games, and I'm like, remember back in the day when. You know, these games didn't have corporate sponsors. I mean, they had corporate sponsors, but the name wasn't plastered on the field or it wasn't part of the the title of the game. I mean, we knew the Citrus Bowl as a Citrus Bowl, okay? Exactly. We knew the Gator, we knew the Gator Bowl as a Gator Bowl. You know, the, the Sugar Bowl was the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, Nokia. Nokia was one of the early ones that really attached their names to uh, a bowl game so you you heard the name nokia but the rose bowl was a rose bowl the orange bowl yeah fed federal fedex sponsored that we you so you saw it but you know the their their uh emblem on the field but we knew it as the orange bowl and now we got all the peach bowl was the peach bowl the liberty bowl uh independence bowl but now we have all of these corporate sponsored games where these corporations <clears throat> have their name, you know. So these non-for-profit uh, bowls. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, exactly, exactly, really, not really, you know. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, what do we have, like 38 bowl games, 38 or 40 bowl games? If to teams that don't need to, it's like there's nothing to play for anymore. You know what I mean? Nobody, nobody wants to play in the GoDaddy Bowl. Who cares? You know what I'm saying? The the GMAC Bowl. Who cares? Or whatever it's called up in Detroit. I don't know. What, they change the name sometimes, so, you know, every other year. But it's it's just so watered down. The the uh, the competition is watered down. A lot of these games, have, they've been lopsided, for, you know, just like the Boise State-Northern Illinois game. And Northern Illinois has done, uh, you know, they've dealt with some injuries, you know, and that really hurt them. But you know, it's just bad football, bad matchups, and it's been terrible. It's been like one of the first years where I've really been disinterested. Now, that should turn around starting, you know, today, going into tomorrow, of course, and uh, New Year's Day. But so, I'm going to ask you this. Do you think Oklahoma should be in a bowl over Ohio State? <clears throat> I mean, uh, in the playoffs. And, and, you know, I mean, you know my answer to this. I, I, I believe they should be because they won their conference, you know. And I believe that Ohio State should be 
because they would be in that, you know, that top tier. Uh, you know, my whole so- solution to this problem is a 16-team playoff, you know, I, where... I agree, because if Ohio State, if Ohio State lines up against Oklahoma, I think Ohio State beats this not out of Oklahoma. Ohio State would probably beat most teams in the top 16, you know, yeah. because they match up well with anybody in college football. I mean, but, pretty much the same roster beats, yeah, beats exactly. Alabama. Exactly, exactly. But we'll never see that, or we won't see it until they expand the playoff system. Yeah, they have to. They have to do like a wild card, you know, Russell yeah. back like round. Where, you look at uh, look at you look at a team like Iowa. You know, they go undefeated the entire year. They lose to Michigan State. They end up with the same record as Michigan State. Michigan State wins the conference championship with the same record as Iowa, and they're rewarded with a spot in in the top four in, in the playoffs. So they're you know in a, in an expanded playoff system, my sixteen team playoff system, Iowa would be in there. Uh, Ohio State would be in there. Uh, a couple of, uh, uh, I think, Ole Miss, I, I, I'll have to pull it up. I, I did the bracket a couple of weeks ago, but and, and I talked about this. There's no excuse in the world to be made up when you have FCS that has a 2014 playoff system that works to perfection. Yeah, to me, you eliminate one of those garbage games for the teams out of their seasons. You can make the you know regular college season 10 games or whatever. So, you know, because they are supposed to be student athletes and uh, you then leave that open for them to have those conference titles and the playoff, you know, expansion of the playoff games. Yep. I mean, things would be so much simpler. We wouldn't even have to have these debates. I mean, like these the debates that go on for nearly 40 days about who should be in and who should be out. I mean, they should be non debates. It, it shouldn't but even it be. creates at the same time. It creates talk, and that's what it is. It, it, it creates people hooked in, just like people hate to watch certain people on talk shows. But the people view those talk shows just so they could continue to hate on the person that they're watching. Like a lot of people yeah. dislike Skip Bayless. You know, I'm using that as an example, but they tune in the first take just so they can. Be frustrated with Skip Bayless. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's true. That's true. And but. so, I mean, the game. Obviously, I'm looking forward towards the both playoff games, or you know, the first round playoff games. And obviously, being an Ohio State Notre Dame fan, uh, looking forward to that game um, on New Year's Day, which I'm actually officially going now. So I'll drive down the street, sit there, and enjoy the game and uh, look at, wow, my boys' team, none of them are there, but my teams are, both of them. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, man, whatever. (laughs) You know I'm having fun with you today. Hey, we got to have a little fun and start off this New Year's right because, you know, I'm I'm already working on some stuff. Uh, diet and all that stuff. So I'm gonna get all the jerkiness out of me as as much as I can before the New Year's starts. So 
<laughs> but I got to rub it in. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break and we're going to talk some NFL. Uh, there's a lot going on with that. So we'll be back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific. Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, we are back, and we're going to talk a little bit of football. Uh, the biggest news of the last 24 24- Bows was the firing of Chip Kelly by the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, this is uh, kind of surprising to me, J.D. I, I was surprised that they did it uh, this early, you know, with one game left. I thought that if he did get the can, it would be sometime, you know, a week or two after uh, the last regular season game. Um, but with that being said, you know, I, here, here's the thing. Um, I believe that the decisions that he's made over the last two years, 
the uh, the player personnel moves, the releasing of players, the retaining of questionable players, i.e. Riley Cooper, and just, you know, some of the decisions he's made, it, it calls for him to, number one, to be stripped of any player personnel powers, you know, over over that. And if not, lose his job as coach. But uh, that being said, um, the living in Nashville, I believe that the best place for him to end up is in Tennessee uh, as the next coach of the Titans. This city needs that type of individual to really uh, run and take the reins. And him being teamed up with Mariota, that might be a good uh, thing. So this is what I'm going to say. I'm not surprised that he uh, that he got fired when he got fired, and especially after hearing Jeffrey Lurie come in, the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, one of the things that he mentioned was, well, once they were out of eliminated, uh, omitted from the playoffs, is like and all the turmoil that's going on within inside the building, and to get a step on things, uh, and to make the position more attractive to potential coaches or general managers or whatever. Uh, the sooner you do it, the better. It's just kind of like dating someone. The longer you hold on to something that ain't right, the longer, it, the more it gets contentious and sneaky. So cut the bait fast so you can move on. So, uh, and that was the situation. I think if he goes to Tennessee, um, I think if you were went to Tennessee first and was in uh, an environment like that, that would have been better for him from the beginning. But so here's two things I'm going to say regarding Tennessee. Uh, one thing is you better know as soon as the season's over, Peyton Manning is probably going to retire and have his hands all over Tennessee. That's one thing. Uh, the uh, and whether it be ownership or ownership slash GM capacity, Peyton Manning is going to be that dude. Just watch. Uh, the second thing is, or you know, he might start off as owner slash coordinator, you know, he'll, he's that guy that the league will give that type of, uh, allow that to happen. But here's the other issue that I have, and Booger McFarlane brought it up today, uh, and I thought it was pretty, a pretty insightful look on the situation. Everybody has spent the year trying to get Mariota to adapt to the, to the pro game being under center, doing all these things. And his development has been moving forward. You move Chip Kelly there, and all the work that's been done will get undone. And so now, whoever, if Mariota is one of your highest paid players, and that's your future of your organization, then he's always going to be synonymous with Chip Kelly because he's going to undo what everything that they tried to do to him to get him as a all-around pro quarterback this year. I see what you're saying, and you know I, I understand that point. But at the same time, we have to look at what Chip Kelly has done in Philadelphia and how he's changed his coaching style to a certain extent, also. So his his coaching style has kind of uh he's kind of had to pull back the reins a bit and uh become more um 
ingratiated in the in the culture of the NFL in terms of play calling. So I believe that might set up a scenario where there's a good mix in Tennessee, possibly, where, you know, Mariota, you know, from from the inside looking at this, I thought Mariota played very well this year. Uh, the one thing that they're going to have to do this year is really, really, really overhaul the offensive line, you know, do do some major renovations of the offensive line because that's why he's out today. I mean, the the end, he's, he just took too many hits. And uh, they're not going to get anything done in terms of uh, being successful in this league if they don't address the offensive line issues first and foremost. But that being said, uh, with Chip Kelly coming in, yeah, you know, you can look at it as, uh, okay, that might you know, detour Mariota's progression as a NFL quarterback. But he has a set of tools that not many players in the league have. And it's his accuracy, it's his IQ, and it's his ability to move in a pocket and use his legs. So, he, you know, he's not your you know, you may want to want him to fit into that mold of being a prototypical uh, passer, a prototypical quarterback, but that's not who Mariota is. You have to think, utilize his strengths. I think Mariota fits well with what they want to do in Denver. I think he fits well with the Shanahan, let's get, let's get naked boots, let's move the pockets, let's get some screens, Let's, you know, do those things, you know, make different launching points within the pocket or within the passing. So you you might see them, you know, in pistol. You might see them under center. You might see them in shotgun. You might see a waggle. You might see a full spread out. You might see a naked boot. He needs to be in a system like that, but still a pro-style system, more so than a set base zone read type of deal to me at the pro level. Uh, and I think that just, I think that Chip Kelly going there definitely will possibly retard his maturation as an all-around pro quarterback. Because Chip Kelly is so stubborn. I don't think he's changed, to be honest, Reese. I don't think he's changed. And usually the quarterbacks with a system even like this, they're typically happy, you know, if they're doing some things that they like doing. But what was he thinking trading for Sam Bradford or tra- trading Nick Foles for Sam Bradford? So you traded a healthy quarterback for the most part or an unhealthy quarterback. And an unhealthy quarterback, yes, he played some spread in college, but he wasn't – it wasn't an upgrade. Yeah. And and that's uh that's one of my major beasts with uh Chip Kelly this pat well, these past two seasons was that well really that personnel move in general sealed sealed the deal. You know, of course there's Sean McCoy, there's uh Deshaun Jackson, and then, you know, um What's his name? Uh, Macklin, you know, leaving for Kansas City, but that Macklin chose to leave, and I, but, but I believe Macklin that the culture was leaving. It, yeah. it, it was a forced choice. He knew that he wouldn't have a voice. Yeah, and, and that's yeah. the thing. It was how Chip Kelly deals with people outside of 
his normal deal and what his people. And here's the thing. Chip Kelly was spending the owner's money. So you spend the money on DeMarco Murray. You spend the money on the kid from San Diego. You, you spend the money on Sproles, which you rarely used. And yeah. so you put all that money at running back, and you don't run the ball. So then you spend all the money on the dietary things and all – Basically, he took the owner's checkbook, and the owner, and the owner, since he already had more money invested in him than the current GM, he was like, "Okay, you know what? We're going to give you the power. We're going to let you sell, hang yourself." But I think one of the other nails in the coffin, to be honest, besides the trade, but the final thing, they probably would have even gotten another year out of him or so. The final thing was Deshaun Jackson in the playoffs. Yeah, that yeah, was. That was a reminder of that was the girl that you had, but you cheated on her. Yep. And you you mistreated her, and she's looking good in front of you, in front of all your friends, and it's like, there she is. <laughs> well, not only that, I mean, you have uh, uh, Macklin out in Kansas City, and they're going to squeeze into the playoffs as well as as one of the wild card teams. So you know that's part of the equation too. Um, you know, but, you know, Sean McCoy going to the Buffalo, that was, you know, pretty much a wash. But let, let me let me throw this out at you. This is just purely a hypothetical. How much better do you think uh, Philadelphia would have been or how much better their record would have been or worse, in your opinion, if Tim Tebow stick, stuck around and, and, and uh, was lined up behind center? Well, because uh, the, the, the reason he I say ball. this is, you, he would have ran yeah, the ball yeah. and he could take the lick because he's a yeah, runner. He, he he would have took the licking, but also the the issue that Philadelphia had is defenses know that Sam Bradford or Mark Chan- Sanchez or whoever they're not a running threat. They're not going to run it exactly. So you're you're running these zone reads, these stretch plays, you know, these zone reads. For nothing. You know, the guys what I mean? aren't going to pull. And what he should have did, too, and I say this because I ran a similar offense, is that's why when you have Deshaun Jackson, nobody is going to let Deshaun Jackson run free vertically. Or if you even put Deshaun Jackson in a slot, when you do the zone read and you run a bubble screen off of him, you know, as you're doing a read, now. It's like, okay, yeah, you may not be a threat to run, but we are stef- definitely going to have two people watching Deshaun Jackson, which makes which is just as effective as you having a quarterback that runs with that type of offense. I agree. And, and the, thing, the thing about it is, you know, Tebow was not a quarterback. He wasn't accurate or anything. But the one thing that he did do well was play action pass and throw the ball deep. And, that, and that's, you know, what you're saying about Deshaun Jackson either being in the slot or even on the outside. I mean, you, you suck those linebackers in, you suck those safeties in and, and you know, take a chance downfield. But we're going to take a break and we're going to talk about some more NFL when we get back on the other side. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's 
shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left. the left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Surfing is taking the world by storm. It's not just the sport itself, but the culture that surrounds it. From music to fashion, art and competition, Surf Talk Show is the place that will showcase it all. Your hosts are JJ and the Doctor, two surfing enthusiasts who have lived and traveled the lifestyle and culture. They'll bring you the knowledge and the entertainment that will keep you riding the wave. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. on the West Coast, 2 p.m. on the East Coast on Voice America Sports. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So, uh, we were talking about uh, coaches, and we kind of got stuck on the whole Chip Kelly thing. But, you know, some other coaches that are probably pretty much on the hot seat, we have New York Giants. Uh, I could see Tom Coughlin riding off into the sunset, uh, which wouldn't be a surprise. Uh, obviously, Detroit, to be more attractive to a general manager or a top-line coach, which if they go for a general manager first, then a GM is more likely going to replace Jim Caldwell. Um, that's just the way it goes. I could even see them asking a Hugh Jackson to come in as a coach. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see which GM that they take. Uh, and then you have a similar situation. Cleveland, they're talking about the guy that took the bullet for the owner, Ray Farmer, uh, as GM getting fired. So if a new GM comes in, is he going to let Pet uh, Mike stay petting or, or is he going to get in, bring in his new own guy? So uh, And then Miami, you know, that the interim head job, is that title is going to be removed and – they're going to go after a coach. So there's a lot going on in the league, man. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, one to one uh, team that you didn't mention was uh, New Orleans and Sean Payton, but uh, Drew Brees came out and basically said that he couldn't envision a scenario where either he or Payton wouldn't be back next year. So uh, he might be the, 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 the of the teams of, with coaches on the hot seat, he might be the one that does stay in New Orleans uh, for yeah. one more year at least. Um, 
But other than that, um, I think the teams that you did mention, I believe, especially in New York, I, I believe that this is the end of the road. For, you know, uh, and when is it enough um, in Dallas? When is it enough in Dallas? That's a whole nother thing. I, I mean, I understand the nepotism, uh, but it, it, right now, that's an interesting scenario, too. Um, but the other thing we got to talk about, uh, the MVP race, man. To me, I would I still say this. Cam is my front runner because Cam has worked with less around him and has done more. I think Tom Brady is second in a sense because of what he's had to work with, but now he's starting to stink it up. I mean, well, they're starting to stink it up. But the only reason why I wouldn't put this guy first, but if you look at his body of work for part of last year and this year, Carson Palmer, but he has the weapons. So, I mean, if I had to say all things equal, it's Cam. But Carson Palmer brings up a good argument to put him in uh, that category for, you know, the front runner. I mean, for the MVP. What what are your thoughts? No, I I agree with uh, all of your assessments. I I still have Cam number one, I believe, you know, regardless of what happens next week um, or this coming weekend, uh, he should win it. Uh, I, I'd actually, I, I'd honestly uh, flip-flop Carson Palmer and Tom Brady um, because even even though Carson has the weapons, he's just been very, very good. And it, yeah. it hasn't, and, and this, you know, this is going back, I'm looking at it going back to last year. I know we're not supposed to judge this based on uh, multiple years, but he played well last year also, and it was unfortunate that he got hurt. But uh, a guy, you know, even though they lost uh, last weekend, Russell Wilson has been playing some excellent football over the last five, six weeks. Uh, that's uh, another, you know, guy that I'd put in the running because he's yeah, doing this. Receivers. Yeah, marginal receivers, and he's doing it without uh, Marshawn Lynch. Uh, they had a couple of running backs uh, that come that came in and and did a pretty good job by committee, but. You know, he's really putting up some astronomical numbers. And I think he was throwing uh, over 70%, completing yeah. uh, over 70% of his passes also. So, you know, I'm a big Russell Wilson fan. So, I mean, I could put him in there, but I'm trying to just say, and, and yeah, he's playing lights out. But Carson Palmer, I mean, look, he actually looks like he's got a new life, like, he looks mobile. I mean, he looks good in the pocket. It's just unbelievable how the transformation, again, that B.A. does with his players. I mean, you look at what he's done with Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's best years are with Bruce Arians for the most part. You know, well, some of his best years. You look at Ben, his best years are with Bruce Arians. You look at Carson Palmer. I have never been a USC quarterback fan. I mean, I like Rodney P, but no guy that has, in modern era, that came from USC has done anything in the league. Carson did the stuff with the Raiders, and I thought that was a fluke. But what he's done with the Cardinals, like, I'm a fan. And not just because he's with the Cardinals and it's here, and I've watched him. I still was reluctant. Until last season. I was like, this dude is playing yeah, he, ball. 
Yeah, he's playing the best football of his career. And how old is he now? 32, maybe? 33? Something I like that? He, I thought he was 35. Yeah, he could. Yeah, he's he, he's definitely uh, on the uh, uh, upper end of, you know, his career. That, well, the tail end of his career in terms of years. But, I mean, I, I can't recall him playing better than this in Cincinnati. No, no. And, yeah. and not to mention, you know, not to mention, he's actually fun. If you get to watch him, and follow, I've been following him on social media, and plus I see him out and about, he has brought a level of levity to the locker room that you wouldn't even expect. Those dudes are having a blast. Like, <laughs> did you see what he did on his birthday? Yeah, I saw he had the little hula uh, yeah. skirt with the little uh, coconuts. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's, week, he, he started something with the quarterback club where, like, people, like, or they get different things that they have to dress up. Like, he had Matt Barkley one time in a diaper and stuff like that on the bus. I mean, they're just, B.A. is that, it, it, again, is a great testament to B.A. Uh, one of the things he's done, which I just thought was just, uh, I never thought about, well, one of the things he does with his staff, they actually scout the officials every week. That's interesting. And so you know going into a game, this crew is known to – they have a high percentage of calling uh, calling this person this type of penalty versus this type. Uh, this is how many unsportsmen like. You know. So they have all the statistics on the officials. Which leads to the next thing. Who gets coach of the year? Do you give it to Ron Rivera? Or does Bruce Arians get a third year in a row? Or do no, you I think this year. You, I, I think you have to give it to uh, Ron Rivera this year. I mean, but I'll ask you why. Because Bruce Arians has, it's not like he's went and got all-stars in a sense. He's developed them. Yeah, he's developed them, but you, you got to also realize, I mean, going back to Cam, you know, be, outside of Cam and and Greg Olson and Norman on defense and Cookley, I mean, what, what John, do they have? Jonathan Stewart's always been a decent runner back in the league. Yeah, he, he's been he's been decent, but he hasn't been top shelf. What about Thomas Davis at linebacker? I mean – um, I know we only got a minute left, but Ron, the the basket hasn't necessarily been empty. Or, or the cover hasn't been empty, and Ron and them made some choices not to bring people in. You know what I mean? That's true, but I, I think that this year, if you look at this year, uh, I, I believe hands down, Ron Rivera should should get the coach of the year. Yeah, I, I mean, I like Ron, I like BA, but I I would have to say. Just because Ron did well this year doesn't mean that B.A. didn't. I, I, I think I, that's one I could split the vote on and honestly say. Well, I mean, you know, me saying that Ron, should, it, it takes nothing against uh, nothing away from Bruce. But I, I believe that this year, you know, uh, Ron should win it. But, you know, that being said, it was a great show, J.D. Uh, we haven't been on in a while, it seems, but uh, we finally did it. Man, happy new year, man. Same uh, to be you. blessed. And uh, everybody out there listening, have a blessed new year. And I speak.
favor and prosperity over everything that you do. And I'll see you next week in 2016, man. For and, sure. Uh, we'll talk about these games. God bless and happy New Year's to everybody. Peace. Peace. All right, we're just about out of here, but make sure you come on back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. East, 3 p.m. West for another edition of The Man Cave with J.D. Harris and Ray Austin on the Voice America Sports Channel. See you soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.